Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to today's show. It's a Tuesday show on Thursday. And I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Bend, Oregon with my sister, Julie Dolan, who's in Dallas, Texas. Julie, hello. How was your 4th of July? How are you doing? This is really fun to have you on the Tuesday show on a Thursday and in Bend, Oregon, Liz. Mm -hmm. How about it? Mm -hmm. It is nice. Well, you know, it's the seventh day of the rest of my life, Julie. This is it. I'm giving you, it a- you already sound more relaxed, Liz. You're, you're talking slower. It's just great, Liz. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. But I still, you know, I need some, some Tuesday tips about how to, what the proper um, approach is to a Tuesday show. So uh, even though it's a Thursday, we're behaving as if it's a Tuesday. So naturally, you have Tuesday trends to share, right? Yes, I have some excellent trends. I want your opinions on these. I have three different ones. I think two are just, I don't know, I, I, and there's one very solid trend that I can really get behind, uh, so that will be good. I have a stay noisy story for oh, you, Liz. Excellent. Yes. I know this is a campaign for you. We have we have somebody who's making a little noise, and I think we need to give her a shout out. Okay. All right. And uh, I am going to be crowdsourcing advice about what to, do, what to do with the rest of my life. So so hang on for that later in the show. I have a specific assignment for listeners where I need them to apply the hive mind, as they say, Julie. I need to What's get that? The, the hive mind. Do you know that phrase? No, I don't know that, Liz. Okay. I, you're sounding a little man- managerial, so just back it <laughs> off a little. I mean, we usually don't have assignments on Tuesday, but okay, just, just, just a little tip. Okay, okay carry the, on. The hive mind is just a fancy hipster digital media blah 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 trend a word for sort of putting it out there on facebook or twitter like hey people where should i go to dinner in you know uh chicago or does anyone know like the best uh, computer for blah 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 or so it's sort of a fancier term for crowdsourcing information but the hive mind julie so i mean so is it a verb you see you, I, I need to hive no, it's mind a noun. This. it's, a, it's noun. a noun okay okay so it's i'm going to use much, it a lot yeah i like pretty it, much exactly the same thing as the satellite sisterhood yeah like, okay. okay it's just you use it if you are younger and hipper than we are and, okay and you don't have a, a satellite sisterhood to uh to turn to for things so i'm yeah i'm gonna get the hive mind started on something but First, I thought I'd just fill you in on life in Bend, Oregon. Here I am. What are you you doing up there, Liz? What are you doing? Well, I got here on the 3rd of July. Ferris and I had a very nice drive up from Southern California. So we got here in time for the pet parade on the 4th of July, which was nice. Though, you know, he's an older citizen now. 
yeah. sort of a veteran of the pet parade. So we did not walk the whole route, but we did go and observe. So okay. uh, that's, that's, that seems totally legitimate. And does Ferris enjoy seeing the other dogs in the parade or he does? Or not? Yes. Oh, he does. Okay, good, good. No, he does. Actually, when we were sitting on the porch of my house, which is not far at all from the parade route, like we weren't going to go, but first a guy pulled up with a trailer and unloaded a horse and two goats to go to the pet parade. Okay. Okay. That's good. good. People bring their A A game to this parade. Yes. So first the horse and two goats went by. Then a guy went by with two turkeys in a red wagon. No way. No way. So that's when we, that's when we decided we had to go. Okay. And you know, I, I'm fine with a lot of the range of, you know, but there's a whole section of the parade that they just call odds and ends. Yeah. And (laughs) so, like, the turkeys would end up in the odds and ends. Unfortunately, though, also in the odds and ends are people who have, like, snakes. Oh, wow. You know, where they're, like, wearing a giant snake around their neck. (laughs) Okay. Well, that is odd, and they should be at the end. (laughs) That's that's what I think. (laughs) But yesterday, yesterday was a uh, classic. Uh, Central Oregon Day that involved three classic uh, Central Oregon activities. One is, uh, one is, you know, this has become what they call the Ale Trail, Julie, here in Bend. It is a town that is just busting with brew pubs. I so, can't believe how many are there, Liz. Yeah. I mean, they're just, there didn't seem to be that many people in the town of Bend and just everywhere yeah. you turn, there's a brew pub or there's one of those bicycle brew pubs or, you know, there's just a lot of brew drinking yes. going on. Yes. But see, we did not do the brew pub. We are not into the ale trail, but we were into the alternative beverage trail, which is, of course, the tour of the kombucha factory. <laughs> oh, what? What is that, Liz? What is so that? kombucha, you know what kombucha is, right? It's it's I don't even know what it is, but it's a thing. It's like a fermented beverage, kind of kind of good for you. I don't know why. Whatever. There's but there's a brand of kombucha that's brewed here in Bend called Hum. And yes. so I have guests who are here for the holiday. My friend Robin, who you know, yes. and her husband Brian and her son Oliver. Well, Oliver is a big fan of the Hum kombucha. So okay. yesterday we made the discovery that Hum Kombucha is actually made right here in Bend, Oregon, and you can go on the kombucha uh, factory tour. So, oh. so that's actually where Robin and Oliver are right now on the kombucha factory tour. So I think if you're here in Bend and, you know, your kids are not of beer drinking age, the fact that you have an alternative beverage tour that you can take is a good thing. That's and, a good thing. Uh, that's sort of a classic Oregon activity, uh, number one. I've never had kombucha. What would you say is the, what does it taste most like? I think it tastes like dirt. Uh, <laughs> okay. But apparently okay. they have now all these new flavored kombuchas because uh-huh. Ollie was saying, like, he's got a favorite kind of a lemonade flavor that he likes. And, you know, it's better, even though I didn't, I thought it was just like a, you know, a hippy-dippy beverage that didn't have any uh, any sugar or anything in it. Robin was explaining to me last night that it actually has almost the same amount of sugar as a Coke. And, it does. But it doesn't have a lot of the other things in Coke that would be bad for you. So it's sort of, it's become kind of the soda alternative for the Oregon set. 
you know, okay. where the, so anyway, I'll, I'll find out more when they get back from the tour. And then yeah. I'll, I'll tell no you, doubt they'll have some kombucha facts for you, Liz. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you next week. So, uh, so that was activity number one is discovering the kombucha factory tour was available and getting that booked for today. Uh, Oregon activity number two was, of course, kayaking on the Deschutes River. And kayaking on the Deschutes? Yeah. Okay. All right, Liz. We we stepped it up from the normal, just like floating on the river in the inner tubes. Yes. Okay. And so I'm going to tell you more about that, you know, in a second, because that there was a classic rookie mistake that I made that almost blew the whole day. Uh, But I'll get to that. But then the third classic Central Oregon activity I found myself doing at the end of the day yesterday, and that was... Putting this into Google, Julie, imagine I'm in my backyard, Uh I I have my laptop on the Wi-Fi, and I'm Googling this phrase, drugs that smell like skunks. (laughs) What? Because every time we've been in my backyard this over the long weekend, you know, all of a sudden there will be a strong whiff of something Uh that smells like a skunk. Yes. I've never seen a skunk around here. Yeah. Because this was now going on like five days of skunkiness, I was like, this really can't be a skunk that's just here for five days. Like, and I had already, you know, Ferris and I had toured the whole perimeter to see if there was a dead skunk somewhere. No, so I mean, they're sneaky skunks. They don't come out in the daylight either, right? Uh, I don't think it's a skunk, Julie. I don't think it's a skunk. No. Okay. But it's got a, you've got definitely. So my old skunk smell. That sounds very nice for your Fourth of July vacation to have (laughs) a big stinking backyard. Okay. Well, it's just whiffs of it every once in a while, but it's a strong smell. So I thought, well, other than a real skunk, what else has like a strong smell? And it's usually Mm -hmm. drug-related activity. I think you know, particularly in the neighborhood where my place is, because (laughs) oh, oh, so okay, you immediately you don't think it was. Flora or fauna? I know. know. I do not. Okay. I, I okay. Think, you you think somebody is smoking something or, or cooking something? Exactly. Exactly. And I thought, okay, let's just see. Uh, you know, because the in in my neighborhood, I'm in the oldest part of Bend, and it's it's kind of up and down in this neighborhood. Like there are some houses like mine that have been like fixed up, but it's a hundred years old, but it's been like fixed up, and they're cute little bungalows. But then like down the street or across the street, there's always like the cute little bungalows that have never been fixed up. And they're sort of the more ramshackly aspects of the neighborhood. Suspicious. You have have (laughs) suspicious bungalows. Go ahead. Yes. You know, usually the clues are there's a couch on the front porch and prayer prayer flags up. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, Mm -hmm. that marks the suspicious house. But most of the prayer flags in the neighborhood are gone now. But the smell was making me think somebody in the neighborhood might be cooking something. Okay, and Liz. So, all right. So, so you know, who, I just did not think that you were going to take up being a DEA agent <laughs> uh, in your new life. But go ahead, Liz. Okay. No, here's the thing. What did so you So I Google it because I'm thinking, I was worried that it was like methamphetamine. I, that maybe meth smells like skunk. Uh, but no, you know what smells like skunk? What? It's marijuana that they call skunk there's an actual type of marijuana no way that's called skunk because guess what it smells like skunk so that sounds really fun to do right that you would want to smoke something where you smelled like skunk the whole time (laughs) i don't don't know i don't get that 
but it's, okay. but and of course it's legal in Oregon now. So I don't have to be a DEA agent because okay, if it, if it's methamphetamine, then I might have had to like report something to the authorities. But it's just someone in my neighborhood is either consuming a very large amount of skunk or drying a large amount of skunk. I don't know what it is, but that's what I think. There's a pocket of activity somewhere here. And I'm hoping it's seasonal that, you know, maybe there's some harvesting going on right now. And by next week, I'll be able to sit in my backyard. Liz, yeah, Liz, you got to step it up. You got to just do neighborhood, <laughs> some neighborhood surveillance, find out which of these suspicious houses the this, uh, the skunk pot smoking is going on, and you got to leave a note or something. Thanks. Say, hey, I'm your neighbor, and your skunk pot is stinking up my backyard. <laughs> Yours truly, you know. That's I don't know. Can you do. do that about totally legal activity? Yes, I mean, Liz, if my neighbor was like, you smoking know, smoking a cigar, bar- or- barbecuing, or smoking cigars and all of it was, you know, coming into my backyard, I would, in a very nice neighborly way, you might not, you know, just say you might not be aware, but your skunk pot (laughs) is coming over, coming over the wall and it's kind of ruining my backyard. Okay. I mean, they probably don't know, you know, uh, (laughs) or don't don't care. They're probably more in the don't care category. (laughs) They could be, but you got to step it up. Okay. You can't, you know, just uh, do not take that lying down in your chaise lounge, Liz, there. You got to, you got to step it up. I'm a little bit more in the live and let live category, I think. So I'm going to give it another week or two. And well, let's just examine your behavior. First of all, you said you were going to unplug and yeah, get yeah. away from all that. But what are you doing? You're sitting in your backyard, Googling things, <laughs> trying to find out what the stinky skunk smell is. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I think you could write a nice note. I mean, I, a very civil note. Okay. You know, cause the air belongs to everyone, Liz. You can tell them that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to work on that. Let's check back in on that next week, okay? Okay, okay. Next, next Tuesday, we can talk about that. So our kayak trip. I have to okay. tell you about this just because I'm such an idiot. The uh, So with my friends, we decided we were going to kayak a section of the river. And the reason we were doing the kayaks, the inflatable kayaks, instead of like the big inner tubes I already had, is the water this early in the season in the Deschutes, because it's all snow runoff, is super duper cold. Okay. So we decided staying in craft where we would be dry would be better than, you know, the sort of half swimming, half floating that you do in the inner tubes. Uh, so, um, but also the good news is, Julie, you're going to want to know this. We have a nephew who's in this business now. Uh, we do? Yes, we, we do. do. Yep. Oh. So our, um, our nephew, Leo, who lives here in Bend, Oregon, has a job this summer at a place called Sun River Toy House Toys. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> or as Leo said to me, Leo just finished his freshman year in college. Leo said, Aunt Liz, it's a place so fun, we have the word toy in our name twice. Okay, so, that that should be their logo, right? Right there, so, right there. So he said, just come up to, to Toy House Toys. We'll hook you up. We'll get you all hooked up. So uh, the four of us go up there, and we get the two inflatable kayaks. But first we have to figure out, as you know, because you've occasionally done river trips. Yes. You you have to figure out where are you putting in and where are you taking out. Right. Right. And you have to have transpo from the takeout 
back right, to back. the put-in. Yes. Because obviously you're leaving stuff at the put-in. Um, hang on one second. I just got a warning from our Skype recorder. So I'm going to, okay. All right. I think I'm good. Um, okay. So, uh, so we figured out, you know, with some texting back and forth to, you know, toy, toy house toys <laughs> that if we left my car at the takeout mm-hmm. and then took Robin and Brian's car up to the put in, well, first we have to go to toy house toys, pick up the, our toys and right. then they can just take us to the put in, which is only about a quarter mile from toy house toys. So we get this all worked out. We drive together to the takeout point, leave my car there. That's at a place that's called a marina, which it's a very grand use of the word marina. <laughs> okay. It's sort okay. of a little spot on the shore of the Deschutes River where you can just run your kayak uh, aground if you want to. Uh, but there is a, like, kayak dude there to help people in and out. Um, so, so we leave my car at the takeout. We go up to, you know... The place so fun it has the name Toy. It's the name twice. Toy uh, has toys. Okay. Toy has toys. So Leo gets us totally hooked up. We've got the inflatable kayaks. We've got the paddles. We've got the you have to wear the life jackets. Uh, we're good. So then they take us down to the put-in. And uh, we launch our crafts. It's delightful. Totally delightful in every way. Uh, we're floating along. It's Brian and Oliver in the one kayak and uh, Robin and I in the other. Brian is a very serious fisherman, much like your okay. husband. So he's mainly commenting on the flies, the water, how the water is eddying. You know, he's basically scoping out potential fishing activity and fishing spots. Sounds good. Robin and I are not paying attention to that at all. We're just catching up on the world and on life, and that's great. So we float down the Deschutes. We get down to, you know, this, the takeout, uh, the, the so-called marina. Yes. Uh, and if you miss the marina, by the way, your next stop is Benham Falls. So they're like, make sure you pull over at the marina. So I would like to say to the people who are running this operation, maybe a sign would be good Uh-oh. <laughs> because there's, there's no marking for the, uh, for the marina. But they don't have a sign that says, take your no, floats no, out here. Because no. a lot of times when you float down rivers, they, they have yeah. really clear signs about that because that, that is a fear for anyone yeah. floating on any river that you're going to miss the takeout. You're going to miss the takeout. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to hit the falls. Well, no, this is more of a live and let live operation, Julie. It's like pretty much up to you uh, to like figure out where you're putting in, where you're taking out. And like if you go over the falls, well, that's a bummer, but not our fault. Okay. Uh, So anyway, Robin knew where the takeout was. So we pull over at the takeout. Dylan, the kayak dude, who is like Leo's age, Uh he's there to help us out. And he has to like punch our parking ticket. And, uh, so I go to my car to get the parking ticket and I realize, uh, oh, yes, you know where I'm going uh-oh, with this. Oh, Liz. Car keys. His car keys are, are up at the toy house. In oh. the other car. Exactly, Julie. Yes. Oh, Like how Liz. stupid is that? Oh. How stupid is that? So my yeah. actual car. So we go to all the trouble to like be positioned perfectly at the takeout, except for the critical thing which would be the keys to my car oh gosh so what'd you do just so then i have to text leo up at toy house toys <laughs> okay but you have your phone but just not the keys exactly oh. yes thank that goodness thank goodness because i had painstakingly put 
my phone into double Ziploc bags. Yeah. So I had it with me just in case I wanted to take any pictures. So I text Leo and I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry. I made like such a stupid mistake. He's like, hey, don't worry. You know, people do it all the time, all the time. Do not worry. I said, where do you want me to come get you? I said, I'm at the takeout. He's like, I don't really know where that is. And I'm trying to explain, how do you explain where like a wide spot in the river is? He's like, I don't really know. Can he that GPS is. you or something? Well, I mean, he's, he's 18. He should, he has a phone. Okay. Yeah, well, they can do everything. The, here's the way it works, Julie. This is where I learned a really critical skill, which you may already know because like you have children that you've been closely monitoring their whereabouts for many years, but I don't have that. So he just kept saying, just send me a pin, Aunt Liz. Just send me a pin. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, just the pin on the map. Just send me the pin. I'm like, what? So then I have to get Dylan Kayak Dude because I figure he's also 18. Yes, you have the two dudes talk to each other. Good, exactly. good thinking, Liz. Good thinking. So, and I'm like, Dylan, I don't understand the send a pin thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I can tell. And it's just like, literally, you go into your text messaging. There's a thing there that you can say, send my location. And it's, yeah. it sends a pin. So you probably know this. Yes. I, I have never used that feature. I did not. But know. now you have, Liz, right? Now I have. So we, uh, so I send the pin to Leo. He comes and gets us. It, it all works out fine. It was actually, you know, quite a learning experience. On many, many levels, you know, the, the put in, the takeout, the positioning of the cars, the positioning of the car keys and the learning about the pen. So it was, uh, it was a very fun afternoon, not quite as relaxing as, (laughs) but I think here's the good news, Liz, is you have the rest of your life to smooth out this uh, little activity. Right. So by the time that, you know, other sisters or uh, brothers come to visit you and you offer to take us kayaking, yes. you're going to have a very smooth operation. Okay. Totally. That, that, that will be good. Especially because we have our own family member at Toy House Toys. Yes, like, that's what, good. That's what, a, could, that's... what could be better than that? So, uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was yesterday and it was a learning experience and a semi-delightful day on the river. We did not go over Benham Falls, and we managed to get my car back. So there you have it. That was day six of the rest of my life. Well, uh, that's good to have an adventure and to have some learning, Liz. Mm-hmm. So you're off to a good start. Mm-hmm. So today is day seven of the rest of my life. And for those of you who may have missed a couple of episodes, the last day of June was my last day of work, like on my job, went in, gave them back. My phone, my laptop, my office keys, my badge, and my credit card. Just wiped the phone and the laptop, left everything else on my desk, and just walked away, Julie. Just walked away to start a new list. Good list. (laughs) But as you know, I have attempted this before. Mm -hmm. Yes. You walked away from uh, another, like... Very high profile uh, corporate job. Yes, yes walked I did. away. From, yeah. So that was when I was 40. Mm-hmm. That's when I left my job at Nike and to go get a life, right? And that's mm-hmm. when we were just starting Satellite Sisters. Exactly. So I thought I'll do a little Satellite Sisters and then, you know, then I'll have a life in my spare time. Uh, but Satellite Sisters turned into kind of a big thing, didn't it? Yes, it did, Liz. We had, we've had some big moments at Satellite yes. Sisters. Yes. yes. There was a time where Satellite Sisters was live three hours a day, six days a week, 
So that's like a real J-O-B. And we were all doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great. But anyway, we did that. And then from there, I got sucked back into corporate life. And the next thing you know, I ended up where I ended up, which was a fine place to end up, but it needed to end. Uh, so this is my second try at kind mm-hmm. of stepping away from corporate life and getting a life. And our sister-in-law, Laura, sent me a very funny text message on the day that I stepped away that was a picture of Michael Jordan. And oh. she said, he's also tried several times to retire. So <laughs> you, might want, you might want to get some advice from Michael. Um, but here I am. Now I'm asking for advice from the Satellite Sisterhood. Because haven't you been impressed at the quality of the positive support I have gotten in this radical change of my life yes, in our Liz. Facebook group and yes. just across people, our communications. People are applauding your decision. Many people, it is, you know, inspired them to think about their own lives. People who have already done it ahead of you, Liz, are just telling you, come on in. Retirement is great. You know, they want you to know that. Mm-hmm. I think half of the Satellite Sisterhood is moving to Bend, Oregon, <laughs> from, uh, it appears from our Facebook page. But many, many people are applauding your decision, your location, and they're, they're all for you, Liz. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have a piece of information I want to share, and then I have the assignment, which I know is inappropriate for a Tuesday, but yep. given that it's a Thursday, I'm doing it anyway. So uh, the piece of information is this. I've been trying to, you know, part of my getting a life is not being so tethered to the digital environment and Facebook and Twitter and your phone and all of that. So I've been trying to, like, do things. I got a piece of advice from the Satellite Sisterhood to just take the Facebook app off my phone. Mm -hmm. Just take it off your phone. You can always check in when you're home. Uh, So I've done that. And I'm testing that out as a life strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I have found in the short seven days that I've been testing that, that right now it's just driving me to spend more time on Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you, you just, you can't, cause I'm addicted. You're addicted. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the good news about the addiction, uh, is that again, with the help of the satellite sisterhood, I came up with the hashtag that I am using to describe all of my experiments in my new life. So I have been using this on Twitter and on Instagram. If, if you check out hashtag Lizness, not business. So L-I-Z-N-E-S-S, not B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. If you look at for that hashtag on Twitter or Instagram, you will see, I'm going to try to do like just one daily update, Joy. Just that's, like, that's plenty, Liz. Okay, yeah. don't, don't, don't set a lot of unrealistic goals again. Yeah. yeah. You're, trying to, you're trying to like relax a little, chill out this summer. Yeah, I think that's good. Instagram's yeah. great. I love to look at the pictures, uh, you know, and that, that will be good. Did you see that beautiful short video I got of our brother Dick and me on the boat on the lake? It looked delightful, Liz. Very, very nice. Uh, keep the videos yeah. and pictures coming. Yeah. Yes. So hashtag Lizness, not business. Anyone who wants to contribute anything on Twitter, you know, hashtag, use at Sat Sisters, uh, but then hashtag Lizness, not business, if it's a particular piece of advice for me, and that way I'll be sure to see it. So, uh, so I'm working on that. Uh, but here's what I need. And you used the word, Julie. And so I'm just putting it out there that I need a word other than the R word. I really don't think of myself as retired. Right. But right. I don't know what I think of myself as. 
Hmm. And I have until the end of the summer to, I think, come up with a new word for my new life because I'm not retired. Right. But, but I said I'm taking the summer off. So this summer, I don't have to explain anything to anyone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just off this summer. Yes. And, and that, that's designed to just tell people, like, back off, don't ask me any more questions. But, like, once Labor Day rolls around, I'm going to need, like, what's the word for what I am if it's not retired? You're Liz. You don't need anything else. (laughs) But if you feel like you do need something else, I suggest that perhaps you consider like one of your many interests or hobbies, you know? You're Liz. You're, uh, hi, I'm Liz. I'm a kayaker. That could be, you know, that could be the way you introduce yourself to people. Okay. Hi, I'm Liz. Uh, I'm a dog trainer. You have Ferris. He's, he's a dog. I'm an older dog trainer. That, that's oh, a specific yeah. category. I'm an older dog trainer. Okay. okay. That's, you just need some kind of, you know, some, something that you're interested in, Liz. Okay. Yes. But yes. you can't say, hi, I'm Liz. I'm a Facebooker or hi, I'm Liz. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a Twitter reader. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not going to be good. Exactly. You're, you're going to okay. have to go with one of your activities that you enjoy. <laughs> I think that would be, that would be good. So this is what the assignment is to the Satellite Sisterhood. It's more, I'm open to any suggestions. So any descriptor of like what I should call myself after Labor Day, like we're taking where, where Julie started, just build on that, people. Build on that hive mind. And let's see where we end up by Labor Day. And just post that in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Or again, you can, you can tweet it or put it on Instagram with the hashtag Liz, not business. Like what... what what's a word other than, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> you don't like retirement. Liz. I don't okay. no. I, I agree. I agree. It doesn't fit you. No, I, I don't think it fits many people in our generation. I think many baby boomers really reject retirement uh, because it sounds like you're sitting around yes. and uh, most people our age are not sitting around. They're very involved, you know, well, as, but that's as, the thing, you know, I, I wrote about this in our latest book. You're the best because like for you, this third, third of your life is so much of it is about your grandchildren, right? Yes. Yes. That's very important to me. Uh, uh, I am, you know, I do introduce myself as urban Nana all the time. Yes. Yeah. I'm happy to. And I would say many baby boomers. Uh, so people at my stage of life, they are parents. And so this is the time of life where they are likely to become grandparents. And I look around and I see with many of my friends and my siblings, uh, that's sort of one of their number one things they're using to define themselves. Now, obviously they do a lot of other things, but they really want to tell you about their grandchildren. And, uh, but that's not going to be me. Yeah, I don't, I don't so. have any children. So you can make the leap that I'm not going to have any grand, grandchildren. <laughs> I think that's pretty safe. <laughs> Although it could happen, Liz. You have, it. it's all out there in front of you. Everything, <laughs> everything is possible. Okay. So that's the assignment. Yeah. You would like a new, a new moniker. You just, uh, yeah. something, some way to put, to put on, it won't be a business card, but on your, yeah. on your card where, uh, uh-huh. indicate what, what yeah. you do. Yeah. You're just the, the cocktail party answer. Yes. The, the yes. elevator descriptor. Right, right. Yeah, that. Just the, and with the goal being to just kind of shut people up, too, because yes. you don't, yes. just like, what is going to shut down the whole conversation about who you are? So, I'm a walker. Just say you're a walker, Liz. That's, <laughs> it. that's good. I mean, just don't overthink it. 
Well, Liz, one, I, I have something that caught my eye that I just thought, now this is something that Liz now has time for and something that she's qualified for, although I think our younger sister, Lynn, is probably the most qualified of, of all the Dolan sisters. But um, there, and this is at the Conference Center at Fordham University, and this is the Padilla Institute's annual Living Latin in NYC convention, Liz. This is a two-day convention, two days of lectures, classes, and conversations. And guess what, Liz? They're all in Latin. (laughs) Now, you studied Latin. I studied Latin. And this was put together by Jason Petticone. He's a 34-year-old professor of classics. And he has said, hey, listen, no, even though, you know, people say Latin is dead, he says no language is intrinsically dead. It's all about how you treat it. So he is trying to single... He's trying to bring back Latin? He is trying to bring back Latin. He says that, you know, that this is a very, you know, this is a great language. It's challenging, but it can be super fun. And so everyone who attends this conference... They have to speak Latin. And guess what? People think it's cool to speak Latin, Liz. So uh, what do you think? Do you think this oh, is... Oh, my goodness. I'm just picturing the people who attend. I mean, yes. that is fascinating to imagine what the range of people who would show up for that would be. Well, some of it is, you know, is classic professors, which yes. you would not be, which are in classic students, but it's also other people as well. And this, um, this annual institute, it's six years in existence. So it started in the first year, they had just a $50,000 budget. Okay. That was just, who knows where they got that 50 grand, but now they have a $2 million budget. Okay. And they offer six different living Latin courses, Liz. Okay. <laughs> but you don't just have, I just think about it. You know, and they're, and they are also are trying to do events where they, they uh, recruit inner city youths to participate in this as well. Wow. So, that, uh, that, you know, that does sound like something I would have time for. You'd have time for Liz. <laughs> I, I think it could be fun. But uh, I think you're right. Leon is the target audience. Leon is that. the target, but they had Leon a- was an actual classics major in college. Right. We got we got finished with all of our Latin in high school. She actually carried on. She carried, but they had 150 people were there, um, and of course, many of them were wearing black T-shirts with Latin Latin oh, phrases. I thought and- you were going to say they were. Wearing black jackets because they're all like really old priests. That's no, 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 no. They're not priests. They're Latin guys. These are people. They're living Latin. Okay, Latin is not dead. Okay, just remember that. It's it's very inspiring. Okay, um, okay. it's you know it's it's undead now, Liz. Okay, so maybe you could be part of that. Maybe, maybe we, I you know. could. Yeah, that's a long shot. That's <laughs> you got to you got to admire the ambition of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, something that uh, something else that I know has oh, has been on your list for a while, and something that you feel very strongly about. I don't know that I, I can capsule, you know, put it in a like in a in an occupation. But you have always you've been outspoken, Liz, and you've always spoken out when you have seen incidences of sexism, and you in fact started the hashtag Stay Noisy. As far as I, I think you were the first to do that. Is that correct, Liz? I think it might have even been Leon who was the first. Okay. But I quickly grabbed it and yes. have made it my own. Well, Liz, you had an incident where you were serving on a board of directors and you felt that you were being unfairly treated, that they were not considering your point of view and your opinion primarily because you were a woman mm-hmm. and you spoke up about it. That's yes, correct. Yes, I did. Yes. Right. And that, that doesn't happen very often, but occasionally you just got to 
you got to go out and you got to do it. It's just okay. everyone's, and it's really hard to do because you end up getting blackballed in a lot of environments for staying noisy in that way. But yeah. Well, I want to I want to do a shout out today to um, a Fox reporter, Fox host, Gretchen Carlson, who spoke out yesterday. She filed a sexual harassment suit against the Fox CEO, Roger Ailes. Now we must Fox News CEO, Fox, Fox News. News CEO, yes. Roger Ailes. Mm-hmm. Now, Liz, let's just clarify, you no longer work for Fox. And right. even when you work for Fox. You never worked for Roger Ailes or no. that organization. So the correct? news organization is totally separate from like 20th Century Fox and Fox Sports and all the areas where I worked. But but you're right. It's, it is part of the larger corporate entity, which is 21st Century Fox. But Roger Ailes runs Fox News and always had has and maybe always will. He'll probably he looks like the kind of person who lives to be a thousand. <laughs> okay. Well, I watch, I, I, I get news. I consume news from a wide variety of sources. I do watch Fox News. There are three people on Fox that I like. I like Megyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. I like Greta Van Sustern. And I like Gretchen Carlson. And I like these women because they're all very serious about what they do. They're always really well prepared. They ask really good questions. And, uh, and they are not, you know, they, and they do not necessarily fall into a conservative, uh, commentator point of view. Okay. Mm -hmm. These are hardworking women. Now, unfortunately, Gretchen Carlson for many years was, uh, not, well, not unfortunately, for many years, she was the co-host of their morning show. And she was a co-host with two gentlemen. Uh, that show, because of the two other co-hosts, not Gretchen, was unwatchable. That's where that's where one of her co-hosts was. That like I, I just okay, feel like Steve, du- Steve Ducey because he's. Yeah, well, I think of him as Steve Dufus. Okay, so Steve Ducey. Okay, it's it was just an unwatchable show. Yeah. But I always liked Gretchen Carlson because she was always prepared. She always, like, if she was interviewing someone who wrote a book, she had read the book. If she was uh, doing a difficult topic, she had read the notes. She had done the research. She didn't wing it. And no matter what she was feeling about those two uh, co-hosts, <laughs> she always had a very sunny and positive disposition when she was doing that show. So I had always respected her. So yesterday's, and then she moved off of that show and she has, she's had for the last year and a half or so an afternoon time slot where she, she's done a show. So she filed a sexual harassment against Roger Ailes because apparently she went to Roger Ailes to complain about the disparaging treatment that she was receiving in the newsroom. Specifically in the suit, it indicated that Steve Ducey was constantly making sexist remarks, was condescending to her, was, you know, not, you know, was not cooperating with her, was, you know, had done things physically on the set to like hold her down or not, I mean, not hold her down, but, you know, stop her from making a comment while they were on air. So she really felt that Steve Ducey and this whole environment was was not good. And she went to the CEO, Roger Ailes, to complain about it. And his response, Liz, was that he said, well, he really felt that what would improve the situation, and there's a quote in her in her suit where Roger Ailes is, where allegedly, according to Gretchen Carlson, he said to her, I think you and I should have had a sexual relationship a long time ago, and then you'd be better, uh, and I'd be better, and it would be easier to solve problems that way. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. I saw the headlines about this, Julie. 
but in my new life, I just did not read the story. But yes. Wow. That so is... this is this is a woman who has had a you know she has you know won all kinds of awards. She's, she wrote a book. She was a former Miss America. She went to Stanford University. You know she's uh, like a concert level pianist. Really? Uh, wow. Yes. Yes. Gretchen is yeah. Gretchen's a real deal. Okay. So uh, I you know uh, and. And so she, you know, she went in a professional way to complain about it, and that was the response. So you do know, as, as you know, as I can assume as well, that now that she's filed this lawsuit, you know, she made the decision, you know, that, I mean, she probably will never work in television again because mm-hmm. she's done this, you know, but she felt like she needed to speak out on this issue. She felt like she owed it to her other colleagues and to her, you know, to the to young women around around the country because she does she does she sees herself as a role model. She takes that very seriously, and uh, and she filed the suit. Yeah, you know, I will admit that I have a bias here that I I am always very likely to believe these sorts of claims just because the price you pay for making them is so great. Why yep. would you do it if it wasn't true? You know, right. so, I mean, she could go to another network and get a job, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. if they canceled her show, they but she could go somewhere else. Her reputation, I mean, her reputation, her on-air performance is really strong. Yeah, right. right. You don't need to go out with in a blaze of glory. You can just go get another job. Right. And so, if so, you feel strongly enough about the way you've been treated and sort of you know calling people on it. Um, that's, it's a risky, hard thing to do. The, like, I can, I can tell you, my phone hasn't exactly rung off the hook offering me other jobs on boards of, <laughs> boards of directors of publicly right. traded companies. Right. You know, on the one hand, you know, being as being noisy is good. Everybody says that's what they want, but in real life, it's incredibly inconvenient <laughs> to, to work with yes. people who call you on your, you know, uh, inappropriate possibly illegal behavior. Yeah. So that's very interesting that she chose to do that yeah. at this stage in her career. That's that's good for her. Okay, yeah. so we want to, you know, a little shout out to Gretchen. Stay noisy. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be watching this to see what happens, uh, what happens to this case and, and where it goes. Cause you're right, Liz, it is, it is a very bold move on her, on her behalf. You know, so does she, she's off the air now. They she is off the air yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's off the air. Yeah. So they're probably saying, Oh, she's just disgruntled. She exactly. got fired. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always, that's what, that's exactly what their press release was that she was disgruntled and she was on, you know, the lowest rated uh, show at Fox or something like that, you know, even though her show did better than any other cable show in that time slot, you know, they still put it out in a disparaging way. So, okay. All right. So we have to, that was a little heavy for Tuesday, but I I just, I mean, given the topic of stay noisy, I felt like that was, that was very, I think it's appropriate. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well now let's dial back Liz, because I read, I read, I, I, we like to, on Tuesday, as you're learning about the Tuesday show, we like, Leanne and I, from time to time, like to, uh, you know, reference scientific reports, uh, you know, research about that may or may not be useful. It may or may not be true, but there's something in it that sounds fun and interesting. And so we get on the bandwagon. So here's the headline of the research, Liz, is that storytelling the ability to tell stories like like your kayak story yes. that is actually good for you liz did you know that oh well 
I know it's like such a buzzword in the business now that everybody everybody believes their business is really about storytelling. But oh, I didn't really? know it could actually be good for me. Yes, like, no, it actually is good for me. Well, it is because research research shows that the way people construct their individual stories ha- can have a large impact both on their physical and their mental health. That people who frame personal narratives in a positive way have much more life satisfaction than people who feel like woe is me, the world is coming to an end, people are always, you know, putting me down. So, uh so that if you, you know, if you take the and then Within a relationship, your ability to tell a story to another person can be very good, you know, because that way you are engaging the other person, you're, the, you're getting their attention, and this is all, very, you know, it's a, it's a way to connect with other people uh, rather than just uh, more transactional business, you know, like, oh, I walked the dog today or, you know, I took the trash out or blah, blah, blah. You know, if you can tell a story you're huh. connecting, you're sharing emotionally, and that's very good for you. How about oh, that? Okay. Well, so how would that manifest in like your day-to-day life? So, well, yeah. I mean, they, in fact, in fact they said for married couples, it's very important to take the time to tell some stories because I think or you know, if you live with anyone, you know, a lot of times the conversation you're having is more transactional. Yeah. You know, it's not I'm not I'm making, not making a big story about taking the trash out, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, if I, if I sit and, and listen to my husband tell a story about something that happened in his day, or I tell him about something that happened, you know, and he listens to, to me, that can be both empowering for the storyteller. And it also, um, it, it's, you know, very good for the listener as well. Okay. I buy that. It feels okay. like the listener would understand the other person better. Yes. If yes. there really is a sort of a beginning, middle, and end, uh, right. and you're kind of getting more context around something that is important to the other person. Right. Because it feels wonderful, is their word, um, to tell someone your stories when you're first becoming sort of closer or intimate to them. You know, that's that's a wonderful thing, you know, to, to be able to share that and to, you know, you know what you say, oh, well, I met someone and we just, we just talked and talked and talked. There really was that connection. You know, that, that deep communication is, um, is really good. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I have a concept for what I'm going to call myself, uh, after Labor Day. A deep communicator? What is it, Liz? Storyteller? Storyteller? Or does that sound like I tell old folk tales around the fire? Yeah, well, you can, that does, it does do that. And I, there are people that go to all kinds of conferences and they do that. And if you don't think you're good at telling stories, indeed, you can go to a conference and learn how to become a good storyteller, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, I think, I think certainly something along the communication lines, yeah, that, that would be good. Okay. So something like storyteller might be possible. Mm-hmm. So keep I like that. It. I'm, well, I'm, I'm glad to know it's scientific. Yes, I mean, it is scientific. Well, sort of, Liz. Okay, don't ask a lot of follow-up questions, okay? But that it used some... to just be called, like, the gift of gab. But yes. now, now it's scientific uh, proof that just, you know, telling a story is a good thing to do. I like it. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Okay, with that in mind, I have a book recommendation for everyone. It's called Approval Junkie 
by Faith Sally. And this is Adventures in Caring Too Much. Now, you you know who Faith Sally is, right, Liz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you hear her sometimes. She's a frequent panelist on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And then she's, I think she's on like CBS Sunday Morning occasionally. She pops up here and there. You know, she's kind of a storyteller, Julie, I would say. And so they, I, she had a new book out, which we found out about because her publicist asked if, you know, if we want to read the book, did we want to talk to Faith? So I said, yeah, we might be interested in doing that later this summer. So you actually got the book and you read it. I read it. And here's what I'm going to say. It's got great stories in it. That's what you're going to love this. Okay. It's just chock full of great story. Great. She's a good storyteller and she has great little stories in here. So, uh, so apparently Faith Sally has some uh, personal happiness, I think, in her life because she she tells a good story. And if you like a good story, you're going to like this book. It's called Approval Junkie. And we're going to talk to her later in the month of July, right? Yeah, I loved the title. I didn't know anything about the book at all. I yeah. just know her from hearing her on the radio. And I thought that title really appealed to me because I think so many women are approval junkies. We right. work so hard, just try to get everyone to like us all the time. So, okay. Well, okay, I have so- a copy of the book here, so I'm going to read it too. And yeah, we got to, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. I'm glad People you read it. can like read along at home. Okay. Well, Liz, it's Tuesday and I have some Tuesday trends for you. Okay. You, because otherwise Tuesday. I would feel like we were really letting down. No, no, no. Tuesday okay. People. Okay. So here is the first Tuesday trend. And this was brought to us by our uh, Facebook group. Okay. Uh, you can check it out. You can Google it right now, Liz. And these are redneck boot sandals. Have you seen these? I saw they, this posted. Okay. These are group. cowboy boots slash sandals. <laughs> and if you're listening, wherever you're listening, okay, just stop and Google cowboy boot sandals and you can see what these are. These were developed by a guy named Scotty Franklin and he was lounging on the Gulf Shores in Alabama. And I don't know if you've ever been there. Have you been to the Gulf Shores of I Alabama? Never have. No. Okay. It's, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And as you move over into uh, Florida, the Destin area, gorgeous beaches. They call it this area, Liz, uh, lovingly, they call it the Redneck Riviera. Okay. Oh, that's okay. what this area. So Scotty Franklin, he's there, um, on the Redneck Riv- Riviera. And he kind of realized that, you know, that, People didn't want to sacrifice, you know, cowboy fashion, which is there's something just really cool and sexy about cowboy boots, right? Yes, whether whether true. a man is wearing them or a woman is wearing them, cowboy boots are sexy. They're cool. But you know what? In Alabama on the Red Neck Riviera, it's hot, you know? And so you the people also wanted to wear sandals. So he just thought it would be really fun and silly and, uh, you know, and a great way to sort of combine the two. So he made up a pair by himself and he sort of glued it and stapled it together. And lo and behold, now this is a thing, Liz, redneck, uh, <laughs> cowboy boot sandals. So is it a thing because he made a few prototypes or is it a thing because people have actually bought people them and like wearing Liz, them? People like, people want to have fun, Liz. You know? <laughs> they're fun and they're silly. But deep down, everybody wants to have fun, okay? And like, if I'm looking at these, they still look pretty hot and sticky, though. So <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you say? I just that there's too much leather around the calf yes. of your leg, you right. know. That if it's not here in you know today, it's like 97 here in Dallas. So um, it would be 
it would be tempting to put on a pair of the cowboy boot sandals, but uh, it just, um, I don't think so. I'm not going to go there. No. Okay. Yeah, so I'm so. looking at, I'm, a, I'm on Google right now. I Googled redneck boot sandals and then clicked on images and lots of different choices yes. of style. Yes, you see this. that. You can go all different ways. So, but I don't think so. But it might be a novelty, not novelty item. You could yeah. wear it to a Halloween party. I don't know. You know, just, or a concert. I could see like you could, you know, if you were in some fun, silly mood and you were going to a concert, you might yes. put on a pair. Okay. How about this, Liz? Best friend tattoos. You have some very good friends, Liz. Yes. Have you ever been, have you ever thought about getting matching tattoos? No, never. <laughs> it never once ever has even crossed my mind or been a, even a subconscious thought. No, you didn't want to get like matching little flowers, maybe two little, you know, matching wishbones, maybe a word. I know guys who have done that, like with their friends or with the, you know, I have a friend who like the father and all the sons got the same tattoo. Like, so like I've seen that happen before. I haven't seen, I don't know, none of my female friends have ever done that, like a sort of group tattoo. Uh, but this is a thing you're yes, telling me. This is yeah, best friend tattoos. Yes, people people want to do this. Yeah, and I have many good friends that I just love. I love you. Do and yes. you are a good friend to your friends. I, I try to be Liz, but if my best friend or my good friend uh, friends ask me to get a tattoo, the answer would be no. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to get some new friends. Like, what is the matter with you? No, no, I'm not getting a tattoo. The only tattoo I would ever get is the Olympic rings if I won a gold medal. But <laughs> oh, I, I like the fact that you've already thought that through. That, yes. that would be, that's a real enough thing for you that you've made that decision. Yes, that, that's, that's it. That's it. But best friend tattoos, no. No, no. Okay. All I, right. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if we have listeners who have already done that. Uh, like the temporary tattoo when you're at a party together, I'm, you know, totally down with that. But permanent tattoo, no, no, I'm with you. Okay, Julie. Okay, third trend, and I think this is just great news. It's a whole category of clothing that's called adaptive apparel. And this is that finally manufacturers and designers are beginning to design clothes both for children and for adults that have disabilities. Okay. So like Tommy Hilfiger, finger, finger, whatever his finger, name is. Figure. Tommy Hilfiger <laughs> has, has just come out with a line of clothing for children that has like easy close magnetic but, uh, buttons or, or adjustable seams because there is nothing worse. You know, when, if you have a disability or if you're a caregiver, if you are trying to get someone dressed, you know, just the simple act of dressing Yes. and people can't do the buttons, they right, can't right. do the zippers, you know, and this is one of the things that keeps you independent as you get older. You know, I mean, for our dad, that became a real thing. He yes, could yes. no longer dress himself. And I just think that this is great that, you know, reg- you know, regardless of the disability that they have a number of designers and manufacturers that are really working on this. And they figured out that, you know, just because you have a disability doesn't mean you don't want to wear cute clothes. Exactly. Okay? Right, right. Right. So Walmart has a whole line of adaptive jeans that can be reachable or that, you know, they have pockets at different angles. They have another um, organization uh, called Care Zips. 
and these are slacks that are, you know, that have three zippers. So there's one on each side of the leg and then one sort of in the crotch area so that you can, if you're lying down or if you're, you know, if you're in a wheelchair or you have very little mobility, that you can take your clothes on and off, you know, much easier. I, I just, I thought this was a great thing, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of these adaptive uh, apparels were developed out of a lab at MIT called an Open Styles Lab where they had groups of engineering students and fashion design and occupational therapy people all working together to kind of address how to make clothing that would work for a variety of disabilities. That is really fantastic. I had isn't not, that? I had not that, heard anything about that. But it's yes, a two-stage right. trend, Liz. This is yes. where you hear things like this. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. it would obviously give you a level of independence that you know any anyone would really value, not having to be so dependent on someone else to get dressed in the morning. Right. Uh, so it's not, even the functional stuff, or beyond that, that you know you can have. You can wear really cute jeans just like everybody yeah, else yeah. or, you know, a really cute top, you know, that, but that is easy to get on and off and that they can adjust the sleeve and the leg lengths and they can all, you know, they can, they have different ways that they can adjust it to the individual person. So, um, I love that idea. It's called adaptive apparel. That is great. You know, in so much of these things, the internet has made this possible in a way because, the, you know, back at stores would always say, well, we can't afford to stock all these highly specialized clothes. And, you know, nobody wants to make a big commitment to inventory that is for what they saw as a tiny part of the population. But now because you can shop for things online, it's much easier for people to make these available to smaller segments of the population. That's great. Oh, that's, that's really good. good. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, the... It's interesting that you bring that one up because I wanted to do just a quick review of a couple of things that were in our Facebook group that, uh, that people have posted, uh, suggestions, thoughts, comments. And one was from Danielle, who said she's going to be in Santa Monica in October. Uh, I think she's going to Disneyland with her daughter. She has an eight-year-old daughter. But then they're going to come to Santa Monica. And she wanted suggestions about things to do. And she made a point of telling us on Facebook that her eight-year-old daughter is in a wheelchair. So mm -hmm. did we have suggestions for great, fun activities? And people did. That's what I like about this Facebook page. Like, people just, yeah, people had some really good ideas. Like, Third Street Promenade. Julie, you know, you've been there. I love that. That's lively. They always have musicians. They have cute shops. Yep. They have nice stalls. They have good restaurants. And it's, you know, it is California living there. It yep. totally is. And the other one that I put there, and then Leanne jumped into with more information on it, is the uh, the Annenberg Beach House. It's it's hard to go to the beach if you're in a wheelchair, you know, for obvious reasons. And the Annenberg Beach House, where we used to take our parents a lot, uh, was designed around a lot of the needs for people in wheelchairs. So they have a cement path that goes all the way out to the water's edge, and they have benches out there where you can sit. So instead of just sort of being on the boardwalk but being really far from the actual Pacific Ocean, it's one of the few places on the beach where you can go all the way out there. So we suggested that, Danielle. If anyone has any other suggestions for Danielle and her daughter, for October in Southern California, you'll be able to find that post uh, in the Facebook group and um, 
and make your own suggestions there. But then Julie, Michelle had something she wanted you to see, mm -hmm. just in case you were passing through Buffalo, New York. Uh -huh. She posted the notice of their kale eating contest. So <laughs> knowing, knowing how much time you spend monitoring people's consumption of kale, which you do not understand at all. No, I, I just, I mean, I thought it was over. I thought kale had died. You know, that's what uh, made me sad about that post. It's like, it's still there. It's like poison <laughs> ivy. No matter what you do, you can't get rid of it. Kale. So I think that. that I, I, yeah. All right. And then just two more quickies. Lisa, Lisa posted a suggestion because I was trying to brand my summer, right? And, you know, I ended up with the hashtag Lizness, not business. But she suggested a good acronym that my summer could be called REACH. And REACH stands for rest, exploration, assessment, connection, and health. So that's actually pretty good. That was very thoughtful. Yes. That was that, that was a very thoughtful post. <laughs> I thought, people are working hard for you, Liz. <laughs> yes. But then under that, I think it was Maria. Again, I can't even read my writing. She suggested, well, how about beach? <laughs> <laughs> and beach would be best escape anyone can can have. So either reach or beach. I think I'm going for the combo. Of I think she could do both. Do reach both, and beach. Please. Reach and beach. That's <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, who's made such uh, thoughtful suggestions. People are posting poetry for me, Julie. The mm -hmm. pictures they want me to see. It's it's very uh, it's very helpful. Thank you so much. It's only seven days. And I've still like last night I did have like a work dream. And so oh, I, no. I don't know how long it takes to get over your work dreams. And was it a work dream or a work nightmare? It was more in the nightmare category. Yeah, but yeah, it was just yeah. things going, things going poorly at work. You know, those kind of stress dreams where yeah. you can't get something done. Oh, like one yes. of those. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was one of those that was work related. But then I woke up and I was like, Phew, I don't have anything to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just beach it and reach it, Liz. Beaching That's and reaching, it. reaching okay. and beaching. You can do that in either order, right? Beach mm -hmm. and reach, reach and beach. So uh, thanks, everybody. Okay, we do have an announcement about next Tuesday's Tuesday show, right? Uh, it's going to be a special show. We're bringing Leanne back. I know she was taking the whole summer off. I know she's only been gone a week. But, <laughs> but it's impossible to do the Outlander recap with Liz. That's yes. what Leanne and I decided. Liz is just too far behind. Okay, so I think that's true. I'm so relieved. Yes. So me too. So um, so we're going to do that next week. We'll do a super duper Outlander review. Okay. okay. So next week we're doing the Tuesday show on Tuesday. Yes. And. We have Leanne and the Outlander review. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a great show. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, but that's everything we have for today. Anything else you want to add, Julie? No, that's it, Liz. What do you have coming up for the rest of the week? Anything? Uh, oh, you're back traveling uh, to go see uh, I'm back. I'm going to be traveling again, Liz. And uh, I will be uh, coming to you from Colorado the next time we talk. Oh, yep. nice. That nice. would be nice. Let me know if you smell any skunks there in Colorado, <laughs> okay. because okay. that's another state where things are legal. Yeah, well, yeah, we could we could definitely have some skunk pot uh, <laughs> yeah. in, our, in our neck of the woods, Liz. <laughs> and skunks, too. Yeah. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. Please stay connected with us. You can do that Twitter. You can follow us at Sat Sisters. Join our Facebook group where you get to write whatever you want. 
uh, like our Facebook page. That's where we post things. Uh, and also on, um, uh, let's see, what did I miss? Instagram. Uh, use our uh, hashtag SatSisters. Or if you're sending me Instagram advice, hashtag LizNizNotBusiness. So there you have it. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your sister. Thank you.